I'm going to read uh, chapter 21, verse 27. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Amen. Joel chapter 3, verses 12 to 13. Joel chapter 3, verses 12 to 13, I'm going to read here. It says, let the heathen be wakened and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat, for there will I sit to judge all the heathen round about. 13, put ye in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come get you down, for the press is full the fats overflow, for their wickedness is great. God is preparing a harvest. And it's going to take place. Amen. And I want to be part of that. And there's going to be judgment. Amen. But I'm concerned with the harvest. I was reading about, you know, uh, fruit being uh, ripe. And, you know, when fruit's ripe, it just falls off the tree. And I'm thankful for ripe fruit because, you know, uh, my wife, she kind of likes it when it's not too ripe because it's nice and green still, you know, that. It's hard, and you could hear it crunch, you know, but, man, sometimes I fear for my teeth, you know, when I bite into it because I don't want to lose any teeth. <laughs> and uh, But I love the fruit when it's ripe, amen, when it's ripened to its full potential, amen. I believe the Lord as he's been speaking to us, imparting things into us. And all this time that we take to come and position ourselves. And I, and I think back at Herbert, you know, the way he would stand at that, at that door waiting for me. And he would position himself. And he was at a years already where it was like, you know, he knew he didn't have much time left in this world. But he positioned himself. Said, Lord, whatever you desire to do in me today, today is the day that the Lord has made. Amen. Amen. And I shall be glad in it. I'm thankful that God gave me another day because tomorrow is not promised unto us. It's not promised unto you. And it says, uh, I was reading about this. In uh, Matthew chapter 12, verse 33, he says, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is recognized and judged by its fruit. That's how the tree is judged. It's recognized, but how ripe and good the fruit is. Amen. Of how much God has ripened you. Of how much he's prepared you for the time that's coming. For that harvest that is going to come. 
the angels of the Lord are the ones that are coming to harvest us. They're going to make sure that fruit is ripe and ready. Amen. Do you want to be ready? I know I do. So I position myself, Lord, let me receive your word. Let me be open to it. Amen. And in verse 35, he says, the good man from his inner good treasure brings out good things. And the evil man from his inner evil treasure brings out evil things. Amen. I want to be a good man with good inner treasure. What treasure is he talking about? That treasure of the word of God that you hold dearly. The things that you've gone past. The things that you've taken out of your life. Some of those things that have taken you in a different direction than where God is taking you. That there is our struggle. That we struggle with those things because sometimes we'll let those things become treasures in our heart over God's word. That treasure. That's why he says evil treasure brings out evil things. The things you entertain. The things in your life that are not good. That is simply Iniquity working in your life. Iniquity is self-will. A man led of his own ways. Right? Sometimes I think we, we get like, ooh, you know, we don't want to hear that word, iniquity. It sounds bad. You know? And we need to be real. And understand what it is. It's just simply my own ways, my own direction, my own will. And I can't please God with that if I want to do his will above my will. Because then it's just a fight. Let's go to uh, John chapter 4. here John chapter 4 and I'm going to read from verse 34 to Jesus saith unto them, and right here, you know, he meets the woman at the well, and they go into town, and they, you know, they're trying to find something for him, you know, to, to eat, and Jesus saith unto them, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. 35, 
Say not ye there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. Right? One sows, another one reaps, but God gives the increase in all things. And we become laborers together in his kingdom. Amen? Just as someone reached unto us, we reach unto others. Freely we have received and freely we give. Amen? I, uh, verse 38 says, I sent you to reap that whereon ye bestowed no labor. Other men labored and ye are entered into their labors. I was with Brother Johnstone, you know, and as we were, we were there in Mattawa on Monday, and uh, I remember telling, uh, him telling me, he said, we enter into other men's labors. Someone has already gone before us. Somebody's been here preaching the word of the Lord, right? Uh, planting and, and sowing. And he said, we're just entering into other men's labors. Amen. And we, we got to allow God to lead and guide us and to let us uh, go into the harvest. Amen. <clears throat> Let's go to Matthew chapter 13. I'm going to start at verse 24. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field <clears throat> from whence then hath it tares? He said unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servant said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? But he said, Nay, least while ye Gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. He said, you can't, you can't take them up because you're going to take the good stuff up as well. There was good stuff planted and there was bad stuff planted, but it looked almost identical. So he said, just let them grow up together. Let both grow together 
until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, gather ye together first the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. Amen. And I, I look at the Lord always here, you know, addressing the people in parables. And he's talking to them in parables because he told the disciples why he spoke to them in parables. He spoke to them in parables because he said, seeing they do not see and hear they do not hear. Least they would open up their heart and I would heal them. There is an opening of our heart of turning it to God. Allowing God to pour things into our lives. Not our own understanding. Not of what we think is right. But of believing his word when it's spoken to us. And applying it. I, uh, so now the Lord is going to reveal to them the parable. Okay, but he's going to reveal it to his disciples, the hungry ones. I want to be hungry for the things of God. Uh, let's go to verse 36, and I'm going to read down to 43. He says, then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house. And his disciples came unto him, saying, Declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. He answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. You see that? They're receiving understanding and clarity. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. But the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world. And the reapers are the angels. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this world. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and them which do iniquity, and shall cast them into a fire, a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father, who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Amen. He's declaring it. He who has ears to hear, let him hear the word of the Lord. <laughs> I remember <laughs> those times of pouring myself into those that desired the word of God. Amen. Only to be taken away by the issues of life and the things that would come into their life. Where God was speaking to them, telling them, remove that. But they resisted. I, uh, I would get frustrated sometimes. 
ready to go to sleep. Hey, babe, where are you at? Man, she's in there giving a Bible study to Tisha. I think it was like 2 in the morning. <laughs> it's like they couldn't get enough. It was like nonstop. I'm like, what could you talk about that long? She said, the Lord. It was like, man, I just needed to speak to her about the things of God. Man, that was a while back, a while back. And I remember in that trailer, and, you know, there was many nights, you know, I was like, where's my wife? Where's she at? I'm sleeping alone in the bed. But it was just an inspiration of God, of drawing her out. Come on, you got to pour yourself into this vessel. You got to pour yourself into this other vessel. And that's the way it goes, you know, when you're obedient to God and God wants to do something in someone and in your life. Because not only does that outflow cause you to learn, but it's pouring out into a soul that needs direction, that needs the word of God to lead and guide them. So they're not just led of themselves. So they're not just running around doing whatever they're going to do. For their own will. But to the hungry, it's going to be revealed. To the good man with the good treasure. I want more of your word. I want, Lord, where you're taking me. I want, God, what you have in store for me. I don't know what it is. Maybe I might not see where you're taking me, but I'm going to follow in faith, Lord, of what you have destined for me. Luke chapter 3. I'm going to end here with this. I'm going to start from verse 8. Bring forth, therefore, fruits worthy of repentance. I was talking to my wife about this early this morning. And the Lord, when he speaks about John... It's so awesome when I hear about it and I read about it for myself. How beautiful it is, John's testimony of where God called him from. Zechariah being a priest in the temple of the Lord. And Elizabeth, his wife, was too old in age to have him. But the Lord sent, called someone that would make a way before the Lord. As he does each and every one of us, he calls us. You didn't choose him. He chose you. That you would go. That you would be sent out. 
to this time and this moment of this harvest that is coming. He's allowing you to be a part of it. And listen, John. He's cam. He's uh, clothed with camel hair, eating bugs, dipping them in honey. That character in his inside of him that there's places where they refer him to Elijah but he begins to tell the people here and and Luke's just you know he's writing about this you know about his testimony and listen listen let's read this bring forth therefore fruits worthy of repentance and begin not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the tree. Every tree therefore which bringeth not forth good fruit, is hewn down and cast into the fire. And the people asked him, Wow, what a response he got from them. He's coming out, sent of the Lord, doing what God told him to do. Not having any care of where his stature was in life or the things that were going to be his or where or of what whatever they said that he would amount to or what but he heard the voice of the Lord and he went into the wilderness and he's speaking to these people and it causes these speak people to speak out and they asked him verse 10 saying what shall we do then what am I supposed to do? What is it that God needs me to do? Where is it that I'm supposed to go? Those are the questions I had. Where is it, God, that you're taking me? He answered and said unto them, He that hath two coats, let him impart to him that hath none. And he that hath meat, let him do likewise. Then came also publicans to be baptized. And said unto him, Master, what shall we do? And he said unto them, Exact no more than what which is appointed to you. And the soldiers likewise demanded of him, saying, And what shall we do? Even the soldiers could recognize. They could recognize the anointing God gave him.
And he said unto them, Do violence to no man, neither accuse any falsely, and do and be content with your wages. And as the people were in expectation, I want to be in expectation for the things of God and what he has planned for me. No matter how he will use me, no matter where I need to go, I want to be doing God's will. I don't want to be out of his will. I don't want to be my, doing my own thing and being comforted in this world because I know that if I live for myself in this world, I'm going to lose it in the next. But he said, if you'll just live your life, if you'll give up your life for my name's sake, you'll find it in the next. And as the people were in expectation, verse 15, and all men mused in their hearts of John, whether he were the Christ or not, John answered, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I cometh, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and will gather the wheat into his garner. But the shaft he will burn with fire unquenchable. He's going to gather his harvest. Whether we're a part of it or not, he is coming. And I want to be a part of it. I want where God is leading and taking me. I want to be prepared for his, for my time with him in eternity. I want to be prepared. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we come before you, Lord God. Father, ready to be in your harvest, Lord God, of what you desire to do in us and through us, Lord God. Father, together working, Lord God, as one unit, Father, Lord God, framed and knitted together, Lord God, for your purpose and will. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. appreciate her and uh, all the things she puts up with with me you know sometimes I get stubborn <laughs> Just. praise the Lord good to see you all today thankful to be here um Lewis was talking about some time I spent with Tisha, sweet girl over there, um, talking until 2 in the morning. What keeps you up till 2 in the morning? What do you talk about? You know, something happens when God brings revelation. Love revelation. Right? Anybody ever received revelation of anything? Yeah. I remember... Uh, getting Bible studies for the first time, and I didn't want them. 
He wanted nothing to do with them people, those Bible thumpers, <laughs> right? And uh, first Bible study, I, God brought me revelation. I thought, wow, I want more of that. My second Bible study, man, blew my socks off. There's only one God, and his name is Jesus. Man, I love revelation. And uh, I love learning new things. I love to learn. Um, but do you know that not all revelation is good? Not all things are profitable to us. I'd like to go to Genesis chapter 3. You know, we all probably know the story. Adam and Eve were created. They were put in the garden, and they had one rule. Don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. All right? And here we're going to pick up in verse 5, and we're going to see the serpent talking to Eve. And he tells her, For God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened. And you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Just a little side note, he's a liar. And the, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes. Can you say eyes? All right. And a tree to be desired to make one wise. She wanted to learn some stuff, know some things. She took the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes, say eyes again. The eyes of them both were opened. They got revelation. It wasn't a good revelation. They opened, their eyes were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Not all revelation is for your benefit. Not everything you put before your eyes is good for you. Be careful. Um, oh, I want to say it was about three weeks ago. I might be wrong, but they can correct me. We went camping. And uh, we got there late, and we set up our tent late, and it was just really hectic. It was a long day. We were tired. Set up our camp, and I think we went to bed probably about 1 in the morning, I think. It was a long day. And I, I fell asleep pretty hard, and um, probably about 5 a.m. in the morning, I was laying there sleeping, and I heard, Look! And I woke up, and everybody's still sleeping. You'd hear the, you know, the water down by the way, and nobody, everybody was sleeping. But I heard, look. Well, of course, you know, you open your eyes in the tent, and all you see is the tent. So I was like, okay. I thought maybe somebody hollered to look. And so I thought, oh, maybe it's like that one time we went out camping, and I opened the tent, and there was, like, deer out there. So maybe I'll see some deer. And I went out, and there was nothing there, just some trees and dirt and whatever else you see. 
And I thought, man. And then I perceived the Lord was talking to me. And I thought, what does he mean, look? What am I supposed to be looking at? Well, um, since then, the Lord has been dealing with me and talking to me about looking. What do you look with? Eyes, right? Eyes. And so I began to search the word about eyes and looking. Luke eleven thirty four. And I came across this verse, and I read it. Oops, there goes my. Oops, I've read it a whole bunch of times, and think I knew what it meant. Maybe I did a little. I don't know. Jesus says in verse 34 of 11, the light of the body is the eye. Therefore, thine eye. I mean, therefore, when thine eye is single, the whole body also is full of light. But when thine eye is evil, thy body also is full of darkness. The eye is single. What does it mean? What does it mean to have a single eye? <laughs> Be like, cyclops, like Cyclops with one eye? <laughs> How do I do that? Um, and you're full of light if your eye is single. I believe the Lord was, is talking to us today about what we're looking at. What are you focused on? On a harvest? Or maybe it's evil, your eye. And it's focused on things that fill the whole body with darkness. What you look at, what you put before yourself, what you're looking to will affect what's here. I'm going to read it again. The light of the body is the eye. Say eyes. Therefore, when thy eye is single, thy whole body also is full of light. I want to be full of light. I need a single eye. I need to have a focus on something that is going to fill this body with light. But if thine eye is evil, thy body also is full of darkness. And verse 35 says, take heed. Therefore, that the light which is in thee be not darkness. There is a harvest coming, my husband said. And the Lord is going to separate the tares from the wheat. And if my eye is evil, I'll be full of darkness. I won't be able to see the Bible says that the word of God is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. Without that light, I can't see where I'm going. I'm in darkness. And I thank God for revelation. But there are things that you and I should not entertain. That we have to press out. 
1 Corinthians chapter 10 says not, and verse 23 says not all things are profitable to you. Not everything's good. You know, um, I think about Lot. And him and Abraham go their separate ways because they just became too big to live together. And Lot says, oh, that side, it's green. I'll go that way. Nice to look on. He was looking at something. The Bible says he pitched his tent towards Sodom and Gomorrah. He didn't move to Sodom and Gomorrah, but he pitched his tent there, looking to it. And it wasn't too long for what he was looking on, and he was living in it. And I don't know if you know the story, but hopefully, it, you know, it's a common story. The Lord delivers Lot by some angels out of Sodom and Gomorrah, his wife and his three daughters. And he tells her, the angel tells the wife, don't look back. Don't look on that place that you came from. Told them all, but she looked back. She took her eyes off of salvation, and she looked back. And she turned into a pillar of salt. She never got to experience the salvation of the Lord. Be careful with your eyes. First uh, John chapter 2, you don't have to go there, but um, the Bible says that we have, there's a lust of the eyes. Man. If I'm not careful... I'll start looking to things that are not of God. They're not what God wants me to look upon. I'll get distracted. And those things lead to destruction. Because my husband said it, iniquity is what? Does anybody remember? Self-will. Sometimes we desire things. Actually, I won't say sometimes. We've all experienced it, and we all still do, I'm sure. We'll desire after things that are not meant for you and me. And you know what? Maybe Israel here has um, something that I want, and it's not bad. It's not sin. It's a nice tie, right? I want a tie like that. But that tie's not mine. And maybe God doesn't want me to have that tie. Does it make it sin that he has that tie? No. But when I start going after something, and I know it's, I'm being, it's something simple as a tie and I'm not there, but when I start going after things that don't belong to me, that God doesn't want for me, it becomes sin to me, even if it's a tie. Um. I want to go over to Ephesians 5, 1. Or Ephesians 1, sorry. 
Matthew. All my papers here. My Bible's falling apart. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. And it reads, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Jump up to verse 17 and we're going to come back down there. That the God of your Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. You know, um, when I, when the Lord brought revelation of who he was to me, I could see. My eyes worked. They don't work as good today as they did then. I could see. But I was blind. But he brought me revelation. And he opened my eyes to truth. Thank God for truth. And now I have to look to that. Because I can look back. Anytime I want, I can go back to that place of being blind. There's nothing that stops me. He gave me free will. All right? Doesn't mean... Just because God says you can do whatever you want, it doesn't mean that's all profitable. It's not all good. I have to choose what I'm going to look at. I'm going to run through a couple scriptures really fast, and then I'm going to end. Second uh, Corinthians 4. 18, I believe. I have to look and see real quick because I might have. Can't read my own handwriting. Apologize. Yeah, 418. <laughs> nope, nope. Second Corinthians. I'm in the wrong one. Sorry. Oh, yeah, it's up there. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. What are you looking at? Are you focused on what you can gain today, a new car, a new house? Maybe you want to look like so-and-so in the media. You want to have her hair. You want to have his clothes. What is it that you're looking at? What drives you?
what takes you from today to tomorrow or what brought you from yesterday to today? What makes you get up and go to work in the morning? Is it the paycheck? Psalms 123, verse 2. Behold, as the eyes of servants look unto the hand of their masters, why do the servants look into the hand of the master? And as the eyes of a maiden into the hand of her mistress, so are our eyes. Wait upon the Lord our God until he have mercy upon us. I'm looking. I'm looking for that great day when the Lord shall return. That is what drives me from day to day, from moment to moment. I'm looking. Just as a servant would look at the hand of the master. What are you going to give me, master? When are you going to give it to me? That's what I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm waiting. That's where my hope is. That's what you've got to look upon. Hebrews 9.28. Jesus. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. You don't know it. That's you. That's me. And unto them that look for him shall appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Unto them that look for him. I'm not looking at the fruit that might bring me some more knowledge. Might get me some things that look good to me. I'm going to end with uh, 2 Peter chapter 3. Starting at verse 11. The Lord is going to come back. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conversation and godliness? Looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God wherein the heavens being of fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. That's all going to happen. Nevertheless, that's not what I'm looking at. 
it's not where my eyes are. Yeah, there's, it's going to melt. Everything's going to burn in the fire. That's not where I'm looking. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. I ask you today, I know the Lord is asking us, what are you looking at? Is it good? Is it going to fill this with light? Or am I going to allow myself to be filled with darkness? All things are lawful, but not all things are benefit to you, to everlasting life. You know, uh, me and my husband used to be, um, God, man, every week, every weekend or every day's off we had, man, they were, we were down at the video store renting a movie. Every, I mean, there was no care at all, like, what we put before us. It was the new movie. It was out. It was brand new. It didn't matter what it was. And as we came to the Lord and God began to deal in our hearts and then time passed, and we started being a little more careful about what we watched. Mm, that's not, it's kind of, yeah. God wouldn't like that. You know, sometimes you put things before your eyes that will bring revelation to things you should have never known. You should have never seen. Sometimes your eyes are open to a darkness, like Adam and Eve. Their eyes were opened. They were now aware of some darkness. And you and me have to choose what we're going to fill this with. Our eyes, that's where things come in at. And I promise you they come in through your ears. Jesus says it's not what goes into a man that defiles him, but it's what comes out. What you do put in will come out. And if you're filling yourself with Hollywood and all this other junk, I promise you it's going to come out and it's not light. I don't care if it's a Disney movie. Just telling somebody the other day, they can't even watch Disney movies anymore. They're full of darkness. You know, I, I realize it, it's not anymore. It's always been. There is an agenda out there that is not from God. It is from the enemy of our soul. And it's always looking for a way in. And if you're not looking for that blessed day, if you knew the Lord was coming back tomorrow morning, what would you do today? He's coming like a thief in the night. You don't know when. Don't spend today or tomorrow or whatever, how many days the Lord gives you, filling your day, filling your eyes with things that are not going to take you there. Have no benefit. I'll leave it at that. Paul said it this way. He said, uh, I determined to know nothing else amongst you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Maybe I'm uh, overzealous or 
obsessed. I want every moment, every breath to declare Jesus Christ and him crucified. Because he's coming. Praise the Lord. If we could please stand right now and just begin to, to begin to pray. Lord Jesus, we worship you, Father. We thank you for your word here today. We thank you for your spoken word, for your ministry, Father. We worship and exalt you today, Lord. I seek to be in alignment with you, Lord. I seek to be, for my eye to be single, Jesus. And my focus and my attention would be set upon you, God. My hope and my trust would be in you, Lord. Not in what I can see, Jesus, but what you would reveal to me, oh God. You are wonderful, God. You are righteous and you are holy, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. We magnify you, God. We worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. I praise you and I worship you. You are worthy to be praised. I magnify you. Thank you, God. Jesus, you are good, Father. And we can do nothing without you. We can do nothing without you, Father. My hope is in you. My trust is in you. My peace is in you, Father. I don't want to do anything without you, God. I don't want to make any decision without you, Father. I don't want to walk in my own ability and my own strength, Jesus, but according to your will and your purpose. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. You know, the interesting thing we talk about laboring, laboring in the field. You know, um, I'm a product of someone's laboring. I'm a product of that. And we all have an opportunity now to be a laborer in the field. We have an opportunity to do that, but for some of us, we may look at it like it's work. And yes, it is. Laboring is work because that's what we're going to do. We're going to work. And not everybody likes work. Not everybody wants to do it, and not everybody's going to engage in it. And they may even question it. What's going to be required of me? How hard is it? What do I got to do? And sometimes, sometimes people need to be asked what to do. You know, when I I first came to the Lord, I, I asked this question. I sat in that seat for two years, for two years, and I asked God, how are you going to use me? Um, I, I, I'd, said the, I'd made these statements, Lord, I was in prison for many, many years, and I know you didn't bring me out here just to be part of the furniture. I'd said that. And so now I say stuff like, do I want to be a spectator or do I want to be a participator? Do I want to sit on the sidelines and watch or do I want to be engaged? Because the Lord has answered my question after two years. He began to use me. And I didn't know what that was going to look like, but he asked me of something of me. And I had to take that step. I had to take that step. And I don't know what the Lord's asking you to do, what he's wanting you to do, um, where you're at in relationship to him. Um, but if you're desiring to be used, I'd ask, be patient sometimes. Sometimes we have to be patient and we have to wait and not produce our own iniquity, our own self-will, and, and put ourselves in situations where we know they're not good, 
And, and I'll use this example. Sometimes we have old friends that we want to reach. And so we go and we try to reach by being in the midst of them. And that's not always the right thing to do. You get a revelation that's not always a good one. And you find yourself asking yourself this question, why did I do this? And the Lord begins to show you and begin to find yourself going a different direction. But as he opens your eyes and he leads you, he begins to direct your steps. He begins to do so many different things in your life. And, and today, you know, I'm, I'm willing to put in the work. I'm willing to do the work. I want to do the work. I know it's going to be hard. I want to labor in the field with my brothers. I want to labor in the field with my sisters. And uh, it, it's a beautiful thing. I'm not questioning how hard it's going to be, how difficult it's going to be. But I want to be thankful in what I'm doing. And we do everything with joy as we do it unto the Lord. You know, if we can remember that as we leave today, we're going to walk out into the field. We're going to walk out into the field. We're going to walk onto our job sites. And uh, we're, we're, we're constantly have this awareness of where we are and realize, hey, I'm in the field. I'm in the field and uh, there's work out there. There's people out there that need Jesus. And we can be that light to people. And I want that light to shine in me and through me and allow God to use me. So let's just close our eyes before we go this morning. Father, we thank you for your word today. I thank you for your spoken word here today. Lord, I ask as you lead us out into the field, Father, that you would give us a revelation and an understanding of who we are, who you've called us to be, how you want to use us in the field, how you would desire to use us. Lord, I pray your direction and your leading and your guiding, Father. I pray every soul here, God, would be used according to your purpose, according to your will, for your honor and for your glory, Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen, Father. Thank you, Jesus.